blessed to be a part of this house. As we start today, um, the rest of the church year is already at peace, but we're going to start with hope, all right? So today in house church, all about hope. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The word was in the beginning with God. Through the word, all things came into being. The word of God was a person, a flesh and bone human who lived and walked among us. The word is Jesus, son of God, son of man, prince of peace, and word made flesh. Come together, children of God, and worship the one who dwelt and dwells among us. Let us worship the word through whom all things have life. Would you pray with me? Gracious and loving God, thank you for sending Jesus, your living word, to be a human being in our midst. In this Advent season, we anticipate the moment when your son Jesus breathed his first human breath into the cold of night, when his mother heard his cries, and when his eyes beheld your beautiful world. And now as we gather for worship, we also breathe, we also cry out, and we also behold your beautiful world. Lead us into a deeper understanding of what it means to be human and divine, created in your image and filled with life. Amen. It is our tradition at House Church to have a candle lighting. I've asked a couple of the youth to help me. You may come now at this time. The season of Advent reminds us all of hope we have in the humanity of Jesus. God come to us leaving behind the glory of heaven to be a person feeling pain, joy, loss, and love. <laughs> Today we light the candle of hope because in Jesus heaven came to earth. You came, <laughs> you came to us in spirit as you hovered over the waters of creation. You came to us in bodily form, the very human person of your son, Jesus. Throughout history and time, you, we have never been truly alone. You abide with us in every tear we shed, every joy-filled laugh, and every deep breath of sleep. During this Advent season, we remember you know our human needs, our hunger, our thirst, our need for connection, our exhaustion, and even our boredom. We have hope because our humanness no longer separates us from you. Oh God, amen. 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 Great job.
Would you stand with me? It is good to be in the house. I missed y'all last week. All right, go ahead, Heidi. We're going to sing a Christmas song together, Oh Come All You Faithful. And I love this song because as you're reading and singing the words, this is an invitation to us. This is an invitation to us to come and adore and to come and worship the Lord. So sing with your whole heart this morning as you can and you're able. Can we have more piano, please?
Amen. Would you remain standing while we do our missions and ethos statement? House Church's mission is to connect people with God and with each other in an atmosphere of love and grace. As a faith community, we are committed to living relationally according to the values of our ethos. Married, divorced, and single here, it's one family that mingles here. Conservative and liberal here, we've all got to give a little here. Doubt and believe here, we all can receive here. LGBTQIA plus and straight here, there's no hate here. Woman, man, and trans here, Every gender, binary, or non can here. Whatever your race here, for all of us, a place here. Rich or poor here, class differences dissolve here. Able-bodied or disabled, you are part of the body of Christ here. Neurodivergent or neurotypical, you have the mind of Christ here. Popular and accepted, are cast out and rejected, we all belong in Christ here. In an imitation of the extravagant love God has for each of us and all of us, let us live and love the best we can by putting people first and labels second. Yay! Awesome. You guys sound great this morning. Go ahead and have a seat. Thank you. Sing choirs of angels, sing and okay. <laughs> you all should know that we are putting together a little, a small ensemble, a choir for our Christmas service, the program that we are putting on on Wednesday, December twenty-first. And you may not know who these uh, brave souls are, but it's most everybody here and then some others in the, in the group. You should have heard the angelic voices singing in this house this morning. And they all think I'm joking about that, but it was absolutely beautiful. And uh, we will have a service on that Wednesday night. Again, we'll have dinner um, served uh, that night and we'll have the tables out. I would like to invite anybody, we might try this of doing the decorating of the tables again. Like having individual people, I look at Shara, who brings all of the decoration most of the time, but would anybody be willing to, to um, like adopt a table? And Yeah, perfect, great, awesome. So you are in charge of that. You guys, if, <laughs> if you're gonna, so everybody that rose their hand. Um, come see me. Yes, see, see, see Heidi, me. and we'll have the rounds out. And so you'll just have one table that you're in charge of. 
and um, I'll make sure that we have the food here. Um, I thought it would be nice this year, instead of coming from work and trying to um, make a dish and then bring the dish, wouldn't it just be nice to come and have the food already here? Wouldn't that be nice? So let's do that. Um, and then, uh, yeah, and we'll, and we'll just, we'll have a good time. We'll eat first. And then we will have a special service together that will include silent night and candle lighting and these beautiful choral pieces so long as the choir returns next Sunday um, to be. <laughs> you all said yes. You can't back out on me now. I have your names and your numbers. <laughs> I wanted to say, um, everybody give a big round of applause to Robin, who is running the slides today. Y'all didn't even know that it wasn't Jessica, because she's doing such a fantastic job. So whatever you put up next, honey, I'm just going to follow your lead, whatever it is. Announcements, yay, stay in the loop. All right, so end of year giving, if you need a place to help your taxes, to help your efforts with your budget and your, your uh, giving, your financial giving, please consider House Church as one of those places to give uh, a big end of year donation. Again, we went into the red big time borrowing for our, from ourselves when we had all of the bills go back up after the pandemic. So I would be super grateful if we can get all that back and continue to do the great things that we do at House Church. Um, go ahead. Yeah, church service project. Sarah, back at you. We're doing bags for the homeless again by, by popular demand. We love doing this service project. Sarah loves to do it. So what this means is we take a, and, the, and the, the youth actually want to put them together. So at this time, all we have to do is bring the stuff and the youth on December 18th will put the bags together per Chris's volunteering of the youth. They don't even probably know that they're doing that yet, but they're going to do this great project. So what that means is we're filling a gallon-sized bag Ziploc with stuff, okay? So a bottle of water and, uh, you know, a little snack, some other items. Whitney, anything that you would add just off the top of your head that would go in a gallon-sized bag that you know that people need that you're working with every day? Hot hands. So it, so for the next two weeks, when you're out shopping, and I found a great deal of uh, success, like at a Sam's or a, a Dollar Tree, just go ahead and pick up some of those things. You don't have to, this is not a science, okay? So it's not like we're trying to fill 100 bags so every person can take three and no, 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 no. No, it's just going to be as much as we gather, then the youth will take it and assembly line it up and fill as many bags as we can. And then as many families, as many bags as we have, families will take them. And what you do is you put them in your car throughout the wintertime. And when you roll up on somebody or you find somebody on the street, you have something to give. And it's really a fun project and fun to have in our cars. I love it so much. So thank you for that. Youth Service Project, yes, serving the hungry at Iron Gate. Woohoo! Everybody say yes. <laughs> Teens reaching out. Uh, December 28th, parents, mark that down. December 28th, they think, is a Wednesday. Wednesday, everybody say Wednesday, yeah. Wednesday, the 28th, 930 to 1130, details to follow. And Chris Holmes, you can, Chris, if you can raise your hand. Yeah, yeah, everybody looking embarrassed, Chris. She's there. Yeah, cool. 
All right, so I'm excited about that. Um, baking cookies. All right, so we have a bunch of different cookie things happening in the house this year, um, one of which is some bakers who enjoy baking cookies are simply baking cookies and bringing them for our own enjoyment on Sunday mornings. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? If you would like to be a baker, if you are a baker that would like to bring your favorite recipe next Sunday, please go ahead and do that and join in this little fun that we're having. Also, we have folks and families that are actually selling cookies for your holiday events and for your friends. So if you want to do that, see the Christine, she, Christ, no, not, no, no, it's Amanda and Pat. Yeah, <laughs> you already all knew what I, what I, what I was doing there. She, Christine's like, I'm not making cookies. <laughs> all right. Cool. And then the table settings. Yay. Again, raise your hand if you want to host a table for the, for the thing. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Eight, eight, nine, ten. Woo, that's enough. Yes. And do we, ha we have ten tables, yeah? Cool. So be sure you come up and see me afterwards so I can put your name down. And how then we'll exciting. And we'll talk about how we're going to do it. Cool. Um, Christina. Yes. I knew we had a lot to do today, but we haven't been in the house. Hi, guys. Um, so I sometimes get the honor of helping um, to decorate certain things. And this year, uh, so two years, backing up, two years ago, Bonnie, for the Christmas tree, wanted to do something that was family related. And so if you were here, um, you might remember that you decorated with your family or individuals or however, those little houses, and then we hung them on the Christmas tree. So this year, some circumstances happened, and then I rose my hand and said, I will do something. I don't know what it's going to look like, but I'll do it. And then, like, boom, it came to me. So I, the concept is I wanted to do something family-connected, connection to house church, connection to each other, all of those different things. So what I've done on the tree is I've created these links, and on the tree, you'll already find some snowflakes. And the cool thing about these snowflakes is it's actually part of our ethos that are written on here. So this one is, um, you know, like uh, able-bodied, uh, differently abled part of the body of Christ. So I took part of the ethos, and they're already there. So what you need to do or get to do is on the back of the on the back that back table back there, there are snowflakes. Decorate them by yourself, decorate them kids, decorate them, decorate them as a family, however you want to do it. And then you grab a glue dot and then you find a spot on the tree where there's an open space and you link yourself, you connect yourself with somebody else, with our ethos. And by the end of the season, it'll be one continuous link because we're all connected, right? Cool. Thank you for supporting that vision because um, I was scared. The other thing that I wanted to mention, too, <laughs> I was like, people are going to be like, that's dumb. Um, the other thing is that we're flexible. We don't have, we're not rigid. We're, we're, not, we're not stuck in anything here. So let's say you go to the spot and you have your snowflake and there's not, there's not enough space between that link and that person's snowflake. Just move it a little. Make yourself fit in there. That's what we do here. We insert ourselves where we belong. And so make that happen for you. So come see me if somebody moves your snowflake. And you know, guys know I'll beat people up. Um, the, the last thing is, is that if you did decorate a house, which was very interesting because as I was pulling them off, I was like, man, 
I don't recognize, I mean, I recognize a lot of these names, but haven't seen these people in a while. So, um, but there are, I saw the Kemp family, I saw the LeBach family. Um, so those are the two I remember off the top of my head. So grab your house, take it home, hang it on your tree. And then finally, um, when we put up this tree, Kendall, she didn't know I was going to point her out. She made some really cool house church ornaments. You made those, right? With the wood and the house church and the glitter and yeah, Dana did them. Okay. So I pulled those off and I thought, how cool would it be if there's some back there, if you want to take one home and hang it on your tree, link your home to your church, to your family, to blah, and all the links and all the families and all the things. Thank you very much. Thank you. Cool. All right. Yes. Advent devotionals. Oh my gosh. There's so much happening. If you want the Advent devotionals digitally, um, just see me and I'll send them to you. They're on the app, right? They're on the app. I mean, they are on the app. Would you like to start making your way up? Do you have a peace blessing today? Okay, cool. Um, I, so say it again, April. Okay, cool. Buy the snowflakes. They're right back there. Because really, you need to take them with you today. So don't forget them. If you're, when we do grace and peace here in a second, if you go back and get them, take them with you because they do no good staying here all of Advent. They're for you for Advent, and they're really good um, to follow along. Hi. Good morning. Peace to the ones who roll up their sleeves and jump in without being asked. And peace to the ones who quietly hold space in the corner. Both roles are vital. Peace to those who have done their work to wake up. And peace to those who know if we exclude the ones who are still waking, then we can never expand the circle of the woke. You and they are the beloved in Christ. Peace to the ones who have learned that sometimes doing the right thing comes with as much grief as doing the wrong thing. Peace to you, not just like the calm after the storm, but like the whole storm bowing down when Jesus speaks. Peace to those who dread the shorter days and the longer nights, when the darkness seems to stretch out beyond what you can stand. But the darkness is not bad, for there is no form without shadow and light combined. So peace to those today on an Advent journey, packing your quiet longings and expectant hope waiting for a special arrival. Peace when you lose your compass and forget your way and peace to the darkness that keeps you company. Look up and remember how the stars need the darkness to shine. Look up and find your lodestar. You are the beloved in Christ. Peace to you. Would you stand with me? One more rousing version of, no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) But am I kidding? Would I love that actually? Yes. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him.
For he alone is faithful. For he alone is faithful. For he alone is faithful. For he alone is to one another and then we'll leave it up to Chris and to Piper when the children and the youth are dismissed so follow your leaders as to when it is time for you to go back to your own church God bless you
All right, let's start making our way back. It looks like Piper is ready to receive children. You'll have time after church to make your ornaments as well. Good morning, House Church. We are, uh, had to catch my breath because, you know, you come running in. Got to start. Got to (laughs) go. We are, um, we're going to do a new song today. It's called Rest in You by All Sons and Daughters. And um, I've, I've known this song for a long time, but we've never done it here. And it's just a beautiful, um, again, another invitation. And it's also goes with the Advent theme, goes with the theme of hope, but it also goes with the theme of peace and joy and love, all the things that God are is to us and we are to God. Um, so I invite you to just sit and let us sing over you. And then if at some point you feel like you want to stand and sing with us, feel free to do that. So we're going to get started.
Let's do the tag together. You can stand. Why don't you stand and we'll do that together. And you cannot change, yet you change everything. And you piano yeah just just that one I want to hear that again so full of mercy beauty and mystery 
that's the one. <laughs> Let's do that again. Okay. Can you guys find your harmony on that? Thank you that we together make uh, 
unified chorus, apart from the noise of this world, apart from the noise of our routines, we come into this house separate but together. Yeah. All the voices. Oh, yeah, we have our own Magnificat, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
to open up this fresh bread today. We welcome you to be the ultimate baker. Be the one who puts it all together. We lay ourselves down into this moment. We lay ourselves down into this tender moment of healing for graces and graces and graces upon graces would just fall and rest upon the house. You may be seated, guys. You guys can go ahead and be seated. to take us through the gospel of John this season. And that is a little unusual. It's unusual because um, the gospel of John does not contain a nativity story. It's unusual because... um, The Gospel of John is different than the other three Gospels. So we have these accounts, um, four accounts that are contained in our scriptures. Um, One is this Matthew, the Matthew account, um, where we get the genealogy of Jesus, right? Remember that? Have you ever sat through a 12-year-old reading the genealogy of Jesus at a Christmas play. Yeah, you know, you remember it, right? You remember it really well. Who begat who, who begat who, right? And we go through this genealogy. It's so important that we have the genealogy in Matthew because we get to see all the kinds of people that preceded the actual birth of Jesus, the kinds of people and the types of people people like you and me, people that wouldn't necessarily be selected or chosen for such a wonderful um, job. And Matthew goes on um, to really kind of jump into Jesus's life um, somewhat quickly. Uh, And then in the Luke story, that's where we get most, where everybody loves to kind of make plays out of that one. So the Luke story at the beginning begins with the angel Gabriel, right? Coming with the annunciation, the announcement. Blessed are you, Mary, among women, for you have been chosen. Yeah, so this whole annunciation. And it's where we get the um, whole idea that this is a virgin birth. That's where that kind of comes in. Because the, the virgin is what the, the word says, the virgin shall conceive that of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit shall overshadow her. There's really not much of a mention of the, of the Joseph character in that story. Um, but this account, and this is what you can really just relax in. I am fully aware of the contradictions of all four accounts. Okay? They're, they're there for a reason. And they're not to be, uh, we're not to dismiss any of them, okay? And what's so cool is they're there to capture the opinion and the persuasion of all different kinds of people. In the Mark account, uh, Matthew Mark, uh, Mark jumps in real fast and just says, this is the beginning of the good news of the Messiah, the Son of God. 
let us go do miracles together. We don't see any story of a manger. There's no star. In Matthew, you have the stars and the magis, which is so fascinating to me um, that they followed a star from the east. I mean, anybody that is like, I mean, it's really the heavens declare the glory and the majesty of God. And we were taught in my fundamentalist uh, conservative Christian upbringing, I couldn't even so much as look near the horoscope page or the demon might come out from, from the, I mean, anybody there? I mean, you don't even go near that part of the newspaper. It's like, ooh, I didn't see that, you know. <laughs> because astrology was to not be named, you know, among us. There's nothing in the stars, there's nothing to be seen there. <laughs> when the scripture actually says, the heavens declare and the star actually rose. We saw, the, the, the scripture actually says, we saw his star. They had been talking about that, waiting for this appearance, waiting for this day. They saw his star and followed it. It's interesting, right? That's not what we're talking about. Okay, so Matthew, Mark, Luke. Um, all right, Mark, you get this in the beginning kind of phraseology. So Mark, does, Mark is the oldest gospel of the four. So it's the first one written. It's the shortest one written. And Mark is basically interested in like speeding everybody along and going look he is the messiah he is anointed get on track let's go and now go do likewise at the very end it's like and those who believe will also do all these cool things well john is what's called like the mystic like the mystical gospel because the three matthew mark luke and john are synoptic they see things the same they see things very similarly. They hold the same kind of stories, the same accounts, and they generally have a birth story somewhere in, in their text, except for Mark doesn't really have the birth story. So anyway, still synoptic, still seeing the same. John completely takes a leap. And that's what I want to do with us this December. I want us to take a leap. Our Western idea of certainty, our Western religion need for certainty gets absolutely blown out of the water in John. You, it's hard with John. It's a mystery with John. Did you know that the raising of Lazarus is only accounted for in John? It's not spoken of in any of the other Gospels. And it starts in this beautiful prologue, this beautiful poem. Anybody remember how John starts? In the beginning was the word. I mean, John is just like waxing eloquent, right? And they think that this might be John, the son of Zebedee or John the Elder. There's not a clear opinion of who the author of John is. But when you're reading these texts, it's not so important that you understand it, it or that you know who, who wrote it. You want to understand what this perspective is. John begins, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. 
well, what does that sound like? It sounds like Genesis. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Yeah. So you have this idea that John is like hearkening back. These, these words sound familiar, but John doesn't even need an annunciation from an angel Gabriel. John doesn't even mention that it was a child born of a virgin. Neither does Mark. John gives you space to have faith in the natural order of the world and in the mystical unseen of the spiritual realm. In John's perspective, you don't have to believe that Mary is a virgin in perpetuity. Isn't that wild? Wasn't it just sort of like you thought that's how it had to be? That without that, somehow, what's going on over here? That without that, somehow, um, it makes the Messiahship or the anointed one, it makes it somehow less. But I have grappled with these origin stories of the man Jesus for a long time. There is something about, <laughs> I've never spoken this publicly. There is something about it for me that <laughs> you guys are going to, you're going to, y'all are going to leave this house, you can leave it. <laughs> hmm. Let's read it. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Verse 14, and the word became flesh. No mention of how. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. The glory is the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And it moves in and it talks about John the Baptist. John the Baptist of the voice of the one calling and crying in the wilderness makes straight the way of the Lord. We see him marching along. You guys might want to bring your Bibles this month. Kelly, did you bring your Bible? Yes, you did. Oh, you did. Okay. You stopped bringing it. I know. You guys might want to to follow along with me. We see him calling his first disciples. 
We see him calling Philip and Nathaniel, follow me. And then chapter 2 plants him right in the middle of a wedding at Cana. Right in the middle of a wedding where his mother outs him, right? And says, hey, they ran out of wine in the feast. That blows some conservative theology out of the water. My family likes to believe it wasn't the alcoholic type of wine. (laughs) Bonnie, come on. In antiquity, wine was just better than water. Yeah. They said, whatever, she says, whatever he tells you to do, do it. Yeah. This being a picture of the old or the water of the first covenant being turned into the wine of the second covenant. All these kinds of types and shadows we don't have time for this morning. Interestingly, he moves through this wedding scene. He moves through this this whole um, ordeal. And right as soon as he gets through the wedding at Cana, does anybody know what comes next? He drives out the um, money changers at the temple. He drives them out. And that's such a problem for pacifists. Such a problem. Ugh. When and if, is it, ever, is it ever okay to use violence against oppressor? I don't know. You know, how, what do we do with this Jesus? But see, that's the glory of John. John just lands these things right in the middle of the text and makes you create and develop your own opinion. Who do you say that I am? I am. We have the sevens, the I am's of sevens in in John. We see him having these major epiphanies of like, of these like, I am, of these identities. And there are seven times that Jesus proclaims, he's, I am the bread of life. I am the living water, right? Because right next we see the woman at the well. No, actually we see Nicodemus first, right? Don't we get to get saved first? Yeah, John 3, we get the new birth story. Right? This is where he's talking to this beautiful, beautiful Pharisee named Nicodemus. And this man comes to Jesus by night because he's scared. Because he believes in his heart that Jesus is who Jesus is proclaiming to be. And he's afraid. He's a high ruler. He's a Pharisee. He knows the law better than anybody. And he prides himself on keeping it. And I pride them too. I respect the Pharisees. And he said... He comes by night to Jesus and says, no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. I mean, Nicodemus boldly declares, I see you. And Jesus answered and said to him, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Do you know what I think Jesus was doing? Was telling him, you're already born again. Because you saw it. See, we take that, we traditionally read that as, um, Nicodemus, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. No, I think Jesus was like, what are you doing here? Like, Nicodemus coming by night. And then Jesus said, unless someone's born again, you can't see that. You're seeing it. 
And then they talk about some other things, and Nicodemus kind of loses it. He loses his, like, ability to see how many have been there. Like, you get a truth, and you, got, you think you have it, and then someone asks you a question. You're like, I, I actually, no, I don't know about that. I don't know how to answer that at all. Because that's what Jesus goes on to do with him. He's like, the wind blows where it will. Blah, 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 blah. And, and Nicodemus says, how can a man enter into the womb of his mother again and be born again? And Jesus is like, Nicodemus, I'm, you're, you're the, the master of the law. If I'm speaking to you about natural things and you don't understand me, how am I going to speak to you about spiritual things? Like, but I don't think Jesus, I don't think actually Jesus was ever chiding I think we see in this literature a lot of tongue-in-cheek, some, some uh, nuance and, and even some sarcasm and some, you had to be there in the moment because text lacks tone. Don't we know that by now? I mean, what was the nature and the, the personality of Jesus to be talking with this beautiful guy that feels that there's something bigger in his heart? He doesn't know how to name it. He comes to the rabbi, to the master, teacher, and has a dialogue. Would you do that? That's what John invites us to do. John invites us to form our own opinions and ask our own questions. John invites us to be born again. John is so on another level he sees time as, as not linear. He sees time in a, to, in a totally different way. And I think what I love about John for us and for this house that is full of so many differing beliefs, especially around these traditional stories, especially when we get to the, the Easter time and we get to the, the, uh, the Christmas time, with all this conflict about, you know, did he really? And was it that? And... All of those questions are valid. John invites them. John invites the question. And it gets pretty, I'm not going to go that far. I was going to go all the way to John 6, but there's like no way. There's no way. Oh, man. Oh, can we just talk to the Samaritan woman for a second? All right, so we get through Nicodemus. We get through the, the born-again stuff, right? And, the, and then, oh, 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 John 3.16. Everlasting life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Yeah, cool. And so then we see Jesus, the Lord, I'm going to John 4 now. Um, Therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made the baptized, uh, is that where I want? Baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself did not baptize but his disciples. Pam, I hear you have your Bible. I hear that Bible over there. He left Judea and departed again to Galilee. But he needed to go through Samaria. So he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. 
Now, Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman of Samaria came to draw, draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? They were at odds. For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Remember in the text when you hear the story about the good Samaritan? It's because they thought they were trash. It's really not a nice way to say it. That's a trashy thing to say about somebody. When they're of not your, your ethnicity and you call them, oh, but he's a good, you get where I'm going? It was the, it was the good Samaritan unlike all the other Samaritans, right? All this nuance in the text, right? Yeah, because this is real stuff. It's racism at its finest. Um, a woman of Samaria came to draw water. She said, give me a drink. I'm at verse 8 of John 4. For his disciples had gone away to the city to buy food. Then the woman of, of Samaria said to him, how is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman, for Jews have no dealings with Samaritans? Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? Oh, this is a huge statement. She's so steeped in her religious tradition. She's so steeped in her ancestry, in where she's come from, in building on the foundation that they laid for her. And she's beginning to see, I believe, that Jesus is, the, is offering a different way of thinking about her ancestry, a different way of thinking about her lineage. And again, this is so cool of John because they're, it, it, you see both the mystical and the practical right in line together. Are you greater than our father? Da, 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 da? Or, or where are you going to get this living water? You have nothing to draw with, right? So they're, they're, they're on this one level talking about being born again, being having living water, all this like mystical stuff. And the Samaritan is still looking outward for what Jesus is describing as inward, the, as would any of us. That's what Nicodemus was doing in the, in the moment. Nicodemus is like, how can a person enter again into his mother's womb? Jesus is like, no, unless you're born of the Spirit. We're talking about two different things here. What, was, what has always been an external experience of religiosity, Jesus is, is coming, is planting himself in the wells of human existence, saying, it's within you. It's within you. I am the son of man and the son of God. It is within you. 
it, this living water that we're talking about comes from within. Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, he says, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him. This is the whole idea of the Jesus character. The whole idea of the Jesus character is to draw the divine, to draw, oh my gosh, right? To draw the temple where they would go because it goes on to say, hey, the Jews say that we have to go and worship at such and such a place. And Jesus does that amazing one-liner that we all know. Woman, there's coming a day that you're not going to worship on this mountain or at that mountain, but you're going to worship God in spirit and in truth. Because the temple in Jerusalem was the place at which God met with humans. See, the feasts and, and the temple, all of this were, they were designed to be these moments where God would meet with man and man would meet with God. And Jesus comes on the scene and starts to tell people, it's within you. The place where God now meets with man is in this new man, Jesus the place where God now meets with man, and it's not that it, it's, it's just brand new. This is how it's been. Jesus is demonstrating. Jesus is the word, the very concepts, the very ideas of God made flesh. Right? So he's telling these, this woman and this man and everybody he encounters, he's like, the place where God wants to meet with you is inside of you. It's inside of you. It's in you. He goes on, oh, back at the temple, when he's at the temple, and he says, if you destroy this temple in three days, I'll raise it up again. And everybody again is like, does he think that he's better than our fathers who took all those years to make this big temple? He can't build it up in three days. Again, what is John teaching us? It's not just what he's saying, like, explicitly. It's what's implicit. It's what's underneath What, what was the lyric? You are most hidden, but always with us. You are most hidden, like the earth, like something being, like not hidden like scary, but like hidden in the earth, like the seed in the earth, like Jesus falling into the ground and dying, like so that he can breed and, and harvest, and you know, a whole new humanity comes from that seed. It is a new creation. what's so beautiful about John is that John is always giving revelation to women or a remodel yeah or a remodel because yeah because everything has been out here and only for men right it's only been out here and Jesus is giving value and dignity and worth to her inside Oh, there's so much here. There's so much here. Go ahead. Who else said something? Yeah. 
God is spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So I want to take us through John and keep going with it. So if you want to do some private study on your own, read up on some John. Read through maybe like, like, verse, like chapter 7 or so. And we'll continue going through it. Because what we're going to see is this parallel track of the external, the internal, the above and the below, right? We're going to see this hidden yet so exposed. And we're going to continue grappling with, is it possible to have a Lord Jesus without a virgin birth? Don't y'all throw stones at me right now. Is it possible? And can you, can you develop your own opinion within the text, from the text? Because that, that's the ultimate thing. John asks you, who do you say that I am? Oh, and the ultimate lover, the ultimate servant of all will meet you right where you are and take you on a journey from there. Oh, yeah, because I am the way, the truth, the life. But, Bonnie, what about other ways? We'll get there. Don't worry about it. Enjoy the living water on the inside while you have it. Teresa... Um, yes. Okay, good. Yay. Can we sing a song in between this and the children coming in? Where are the song people? <laughs> Eve, if you can come and be at the piano. Would you all stand with me? The people of ministry, the songs... Go back into the rest. Yeah. I'll start from the beginning. Just go nice and slow. John invites us to the mystery, and I invite you today to the table. This table of mystery. And again, everyone who wants to can come and participate. Um, this is not a closed table, it is open. I invite you to come in the mystery of it. And again, the only thing that I ask is that you want to. There is no, no requirement for you to come to the